You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast, brought to you as always in association with OvertimeIreland.com. It's myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show yet again. Hopefully things going good since we last talked here on the show and uh, since we last talked yet again, even closer to the NFL regular season, only one or two days away, depending on when you're listening, recording this Tuesday, first game of the season, this Thursday with the New England Patriots facing off against the Pittsburgh Steelers up in Foxborough. I know DJ is uh, very, very excited about that one as are many, many Patriots and Steelers fans. And of course, uh, myself, I uh, just can't wait to get back to the regular season. And this Sunday is going to be a real feast for us. Uh, first Sunday off the NFL regular season. Much, much going to be happening. Of course, my Green Bay Packers taking on the Chicago Bears and what should be a great encounter there. Really, really looking forward to that one. Uh, today's show, we are going to be talking about the New England Patriots taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night. Then the rest of the previews are going to be done on Friday's podcast. Looking forward to the rest of the games on Sunday. And of course, uh, we're going to be doing our NFC preview today. We previewed the AFC, all the divisions, on our last show late last week with uh, Dave Larkin. And on today's show, we're going to be joined by Russell Baxter and we're going to go through the NFC division. So really looking forward to this show as well, breaking down some of the divisions, see what we think is going to happen, make some predictions should, should be a fun show, looking forward to it. As always, when you start the show, thanks for listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. Thanks for downloading. Uh, please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever you listen to us on. And I keep plugging it each and every show. Please do give us a rating or a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you're listening to us on. It'll only take you a minute or two and it'll help us uh, go up those rankings each and every week. And uh, we do appreciate your support over and over again. And... Uh, we do greatly appreciate your support, and we have been uh, giving away some prize over the last few weeks. The latest off those was two different uh, signed Bill Cowher pictures that we give away. Two different Pittsburgh Steelers fans picking those up. I'm sure they're delighted with those. And we have one more to give away this upcoming Thursday for that opening game of the season. So stay tuned to at Overtime Ireland for more information on that one. Very excited as well for Thursday. It's going to be the first of the OTI Fantasy Fives. We've linked up with Fan Feud, and of course, I have plugged it on the last few shows, but it's really going to be here this Thursday. You pick five players from a selected game this selected game is going to be the new england patriots facing off in that thursday night football game against the pittsburgh steelers you pick five players can be from either team can be from the one team doesn't really matter can be any position as well pick the players you want and of course then see the points roll in it's fantasy football based on the one game and you can play uh, for free you can just play for fun long or else you can deposit three pound in there into the game on fanfeud.co.uk you can get it through our at Overtime Ireland Twitter feed as well. And uh, when you do put in the £3, uh, whoever wins takes the pool. So maybe this week we, we'll see how many get involved. But, you know, over the season, hopefully we'll be getting more and more involved. You know, if you get 100 people putting in £3, you're going to be winning 300 quid for uh, winning the fantasy football game. So I think it's a bit of fun to add to the game. It's going to be one game each and every week. You help support Overtime Ireland by being involved as well. So I definitely recommend doing that there uh, this week. And I, I'm going to be involved. DJ's going to be involved. I know a lot of the uh, Twitter followers have been talking about it already. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You pick those matchups. It's going to be the Steelers, as I mentioned, against the Patriots. And it's probably from then on going to be a Sunday game each and every week. We'll do a slight preview for it here on the Overtime Ireland podcast. Tell you what players may 
maybe we're recommending. Don't want to give away all the secrets as uh, hopefully we'll win a game or two over the long run. But sign up at fanfeud.co.uk. It's F-A-N-F-E-U-D.co.uk. They are on Twitter as well, at fanfeud for all the latest information on all their games. They also do English Premier League and they're associated with a number of soccer clubs in England as well doing fantasy games for them each and every week. So they do have a lot going on there. But of course, we have the OTI Fantasy Fives linked up with them. So looking forward to that this Thursday night. Please do get involved. So with all the plugs out of the way, with me talking out of the way, we're going to jump right into the OTI Reds and we're going to get Russell Baxter on. We're going to talk all about the NFC divisions and uh, I'll be back after with uh, a few more little bits and pieces of news. So uh, let's get straight into that NFC preview. The OTI Red Zone, presented by OvertimeIreland.com. Joined now in the podcast by Russell Baxter of ProFootballGuru.com. Uh, we had Russell on just prior to the, the Super Bowl last year, and uh, I guess we're going to have him on now prior to the start of the season to, to preview some of the NFC. How's things been going, Russell? And uh, as always, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, my, my pleasure. And uh, as you can tell, it's been a pretty wacky off season. But now, for the first time in, in months, we're actually going to talk about the game of football and not what's inside the football yeah i've been uh, been looking forward to getting back to football talking even on twitter just prior to recording this more stuff is breaking but uh we'll we'll get to the talking about the football today rather than getting into the the things regarding the outside influences but we'll start off uh, first of all with the nfc west um it's a division that obviously the the seattle seahawks were in the super bowl last year faced the the, the patriots and we all know how that ended uh, the ball not being given to marshall lynch being picked off by malcolm butler in the end zone uh, it's been an interesting offseason in this division and uh, the team, I guess, will start that a lot of people thinking are probably going to come bottom of this division is the uh, San Francisco 49ers. It's been a, a very, very tough offseason for them, I guess. Uh, that's the, the place to start. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. No more Jim Harbaugh and, and just about nobody, no more anywhere else. <laughs> uh, a lot of defections, a lot of retirement, uh, free agency. I, I've been kidding all along. The only person left in San Francisco is Tony Bennett. And um, that might be about it. Uh, rough transition. Still should be pretty decent defensively. Got a lot of young, promising players. Uh, but their offensive line failed them a lot last year. Uh, and they're just in a division where they have not fared well against the Seattle Seahawks um, the last year and a half. Uh, and they're still kind of the kings. Um, tough going. Jim Tomzula, who people might remember, was the head coach for one game before Jim Harbaugh got there, taking over for Mike Singletary. Been with the organization for quite a while. He takes over, uh, but he's got a daunting task ahead of him, especially in that division. Yeah, when you look at the team, uh, players like Chris Borland retire, and uh, just it has been a tough year the whole way from the start. And one every time you think that this is as bad as it's going to get for them, it gets a little bit worse. You mentioned the Seattle Seahawks obviously having their number over the last few seasons. It'll be interesting to see if Kaepernick can get any time behind that offensive line. As you mentioned, uh, it's been tough for him the last year in particular, getting a lot of pressures, and we'll see how they develop there. The defense may, may be on the, the improve, but I guess with the, all the guys they've lost as well, it's going to be tough. A team that's defense... Uh, uh, in this division, there's obviously a lot of good defenses, but one of them that's looking like it's going from strength to getting even stronger again is the, the St. Louis Rams. They look uh, quite frightening on the defensive side of the ball, possibly the best uh, front seven in, in the NFL. Well, that front four is, is the starting front four, as you know. Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn, Chris Long, all former first-round draft choices. Uh, now Nick Fairley, who is a former first-round draft choice in Detroit Lions, is yeah. there for depth. Uh, this was a team last year that started off very, very slow uh, defensively. I want to say they only had like six sacks in their first seven games, wound up with 34 of them down the stretch. 
Uh, still gave up the share of a point in the game. So the problem with the Rams has been quarterback, seemingly. Um, now they think they have a former Pro Bowler, Nick Foles. They're young, talented, and, wide, uh, and a wide receiving court. They've used a lot of high draft picks on. You know, really hasn't come into being. Maybe Foles helps that, but uh, I hate to remind Rams fans, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2004. They haven't had a winning season since 2003. When they went in 04, they were 8-8. Eight eight. Ironically, won a playoff game, but it's been more than a decade since they've been in the playoffs. Yeah, it's been tough sledding for them. You mentioned offensively, obviously Sam Bradford now playing with the Philadelphia Eagles. You mentioned them having troubles at the quarterback position. Well, he hasn't really been on the field the last two seasons with those knee injury issues, and uh, now they have Nick Foles there, so we'll see what that takes. Todd Gurley is the other option, obviously drafted very highly by them this year. He's had his knee issues um, coming back. It looks like he's probably going to miss... You know, well, he's going to be taking in slowly over those first uh, four to six weeks, I'd imagine, of the season. And uh, I, I was very impressed with their running back group last year as well. So how do you think it's going to all unfold there on offense? You mentioned them having some higher uh, draft picks now in that offense. Tavon Austin hasn't really developed into anything for them. How do you see it going now with uh, a new quarterback in Nick Foles? Well, a big part of it will be how their offensive line performs. Uh, you know, they've got a, obviously a very talented and promising left tackle in Greg Robinson, who was a first-round pick last year. But right now, they have a pair of rookies, okay, at, on the right side of the line, Jamon Brown and Rob Havenstein at right guard and right tackle, respectively. So, you know, it's going to be a coming-of-age process. You know, Nick Foles, um, you know, hoping to, to stay out of harm's way. Remember, last year, broken collarbone, um, missed the final eight games of the year. So... Uh, you know, it's a young team. It's been a young team for a number of years. They're going to need the defense to help them out with a little field position. But I think it's, you know, they're going to have to be patient, especially with the offensive line. They open the, they open the, uh, home, the season at home against Seattle, so that'll be a tough test for that offensive line, to say the least. Yeah, and uh, obviously the other team in this division that a lot of people have been talking about is the Arizona Cardinals. They've done a great job over the last couple of seasons. They were going very, very well last season up until Carson Palmer went down with that tour in ACL. Uh, he's 11-2 and two over his last 13 starts. Whether that counts for anything going into the season uh, remains to be seen. But a team, again, nice nice defensive pieces. And on offense, Larry Fitzgerald, a lot of people talking up John Brown as well. And unfortunately for them, Malcolm, mm-hmm. or Michael Floyd's going to miss the start of the season with that finger injury. But uh, a team, I think, uh, could possibly challenge the Seahawks for this division. Well, Bruce Arians is a heck of a coach. He's been the coach of the year in the league two of the last three years with two different teams. Um, last year, in, in the first time the NFL has ever done this, they gave him the assistant coach of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and guess who won that? Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator. Um, but that, that, didn't, that didn't bode well for Arizona because that means he became the head coach of the New York yeah. Jets. So they, they brought in some good defensive pieces in terms of free agency. But keeping Carson Palmer on the field, is essential. That that is a big. I want to say he's thirteen and two in his last fifteen starts. Yeah. Something like twenty-seven touchdown passes and only twelve interceptions after a slow start. But remember, I, I, he only played six games last year and only started six games last year, and, and that was a big problem. Remember, they went into the, the playoffs last season with Ryan Lindley, and they set a dubious NFL playoff record by gaining seventy-eight total yards. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> Definitely not. I remember watching that game. And uh, the Seattle Seahawks obviously got to the Super Bowl. 
people expect more of the same. They've, they're having their issues with holdouts and such at the moment. They have Marshawn Lynch back. They've signed Fred Jackson as well to add a little bit of depth there. Christine Michael's been traded away to the Dallas Cowboys. But the team as a whole, Russell Wilson's got his big contract. Jimmy Graham's come in. I think they're going to be uh, maybe a little bit more uh, adventurous in offense this year, maybe a little bit more passing with Wilson. But again, we talked here a few times about offensive lines in, in the NFC West. Offensive line, again, could be the, the drawback for the Seahawks. Yeah, Max Unger, remember, was traded as part of the Jimmy Grand deal. James Carpenter uh, signed with the New York Jets. Uh, if you saw their, their offensive line in the preseason, they, they certainly had their problems. And, uh, you know, but Jimmy Graham gives them something they haven't had in quite a while. Uh, I hate to bring this up um, because it, it's kind of twofold. You know, Marshawn Lynch not only led the entire NFL in total touchdowns last year, he also led the Seattle Seahawks in touchdown receptions. So it wasn't Jermaine Curse, and it wasn't Wilson, and it wasn't uh, Doug Baldwin. They're running back. So now in comes Jimmy Graham, who over the last five years with New Orleans caught 386 passes, and 51 of them went for scores. Um, you know, Russell Wilson ran for 849 yards last year. I don't see him running as much, um, but I also see him using Graham as a red zone target especially. Uh, but Graham, I mean, he's just a versatile fit. Now, he's not a great blocker. No. And they're going to need some blocking help in some of, until their offensive line comes together. Um, that, that's what's going to make football in the NFC West, especially in September, very intriguing. This is already a division that has a lot of good defenses, but it's got a number of teams um, that their offensive line's in flux from a year ago. And it'll be interesting to see if the defenses take advantage in the month of September. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, uh, even first week of the season, to see that offensive line go up against the defensive line of the St. Louis Rams. So I'm looking forward to seeing that this upcoming Sunday. Uh, just finally, on that division, the, the division winner, I really expected again, probably, I think it's going to be the Seattle Seahawks. They have such a strong home field advantage. I think they showed last year again, they battled back because it looked for a long time like uh, the Cardinals were going to win the division. I have to say, uh, I'm going to pick them to win this division again. Can you see any other team really challenging? No, I think you have to be realistic and, and, and look what Seattle did last year. I know they lost at um, at St. Louis last year, and um, you know, but you know, they, they swept the Cardinals, they swept the 49ers. Um, this is a well-oiled machine. They're going to attempt to do something that hasn't been done since the, you know the early '90s Bills, and that get the three straight Super Bowls. Um, they, they, in the Super Bowl era, they would actually be the first NFC team to do it. Miami went to three straight Super Bowls in the 70s. The Bills went to four straight Super Bowls in the 90s. So if Seattle can do this, you know, it's quite an accomplishment. But I always like to throw out this stat. The last time we saw a team lose the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl the following year, you have to go back more than 40 years, the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so it could, be a, it could be a tough season getting back there. It's always tough getting there. We thought a few years ago the 49ers looked to be trying to do it again, and uh, they, they kind of have fallen apart since. But the next division, the NFC East, is going to be an interesting one. The Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, and Washington Redskins. The Redskins at the minute, you know, a, a bit of a... A bit of an issue going on there with everything going on with RG3, Kirk Cousins, everything just around the whole situation. Then the New York Giants look to be, you know, going to be, I think they're going to be quite explosive on offense. The defense could be the worry there. The Eagles, again, explosive on offense. And then the Dallas Cowboys as well. How will they cope with losing DeMarco Murray to the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, just a, a recap as a whole as to how you think this one's all going to play out. I think you laid out pretty good, my friend. Um, Philadelphia, Dallas, New York Giants, I think they can score with the best of the teams in the league. Yeah, definitely. Okay? Even with DeMarco Murray gone, there's still a lot of firepower there with Dallas. 
Philadelphia, and, you know, under Chip Kelly, he's been able to move the ball on just about everybody. The Giants really kind of got the hang of that Ben McAdoo offense last year. Eli Manning had a deceptively good year. I think what people were so, you know, caught up in the 27 interceptions the year before, they forget that last year he only threw 14 and still threw 30 touchdown passes. But the concern with those three teams is defense, all three of them. I don't have high hopes for any of their defenses. Now, meanwhile, you talk about the Redskins, and offensively they're you know, kind of a mess, although maybe Kirk Cousins can come in there and do something. Offensive line, a little in transition. But defensively, they might be the best of the four teams. Yeah. And we haven't been able to say that about the Redskins the last couple of years. <laughs> now they beefed up their defensive front with a lot of depth, um, some promising outside linebackers, keep an eye on Trent Murphy. They might have the best defense of the four. So it's going to be maybe a topsy-turvy year, and maybe it's one of those years like four years ago where it only takes nine wins to win the division. Yeah, I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. There's going to be a lot of shootouts. I think the Eagles, just with the firepower, I expect them to have. But the problem with them, too, is Sam Bradford being... Uh, you know his health long term will he last out the whole season obviously Mark Sanchez is there as the backup the Dallas Cowboys picked up Christine Michael and there's kind of going to be a, a tree or four-headed monster in the backfield there can he make an influence he's a player that I haven't been all sold on there's been a lot of talk about him over the last few years as if he gets his opportunity how good can he be but yet again uh, I'm just not sold uh, that the talent is definitely there the, the New York Giants Odell Beckham's been talked up, but I think they have a few other nice pieces uh, on wide receiver, and I think it could be a year that possibly Reuben Randall steps up to the plate. But I think overall, when you look through the whole thing, the Dallas Cowboys, I think just with what they've lost in DeMarco Murray, I know we talk up the offensive line a lot in Dallas, but I just I don't think you can just throw anyone behind it and get a 1,000 yards. I think the Eagles are probably the team to, to win this division. I've been, I've been severely impressed by what Chip Kelly's done over the last couple of seasons, and he was getting torn apart at the start of this offseason, so uh, I think maybe he deserves a bit of a pat on the back as to how it's gone so far. Well, I'm kind of still leaning toward Dallas slightly. I mean, okay. I like what I see out of Philadelphia in terms of the offense, but defensively, you know, the 30, 32nd in pass defense in 2013, they moved all the way up to 31st in pass defense <laughs> last year. I'm still trying to figure out a team um, that had 49 sacks last year. Pretty impressive total. But they still gave up 30 touchdown passes, which is not an impressive total. And I know they believe to be up their corners. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if these were, you know, maybe a pair of 9 and 7s or a pair of 10 and 16s, and it comes down to the head and head to head. But Philly scores awful fast, but that defense gets back on the field awful fast, and that's my concern. So I kind of lean Dallas a little way, but it's not a confident bet. Yeah, and you talked there about 9-7 and seven teams. Well, a division last year that didn't even need a 9-7 and seven team to win it was the NFC South, the, the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, and the Buccaneers. The Panthers did win the division. They went into Seattle and almost gave uh, Seattle a, a fright there, but uh, a, a pick six in the end cost them at the end of that game but I think overall uh, Buccaneers obviously coming off the first round pick it'll be interesting to see how uh, Winston does in there Cam Newton has again it looked like he was going to have two wide receivers to throw to this year and then Kelvin Benjamin went down with that injury so Funches has uh, had hamstring issues we'll see how he goes it looks like it's kind of him and Greg Olsen there and then I think Atlanta could be in for a big year because I'm expecting big big things from uh, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and then the New Orleans Saints people Talking about the demise of Drew Brees, I think you mentioned there about uh, Eli Manning, people over-exaggerating it. If you look at the stats that Brees put up last year again, uh, maybe his demise was slightly over-exaggerated, but it's, it's going to be an interesting NFC South again. But hopefully this year one of the teams that actually comes out on top will have a winning record. 
Yeah, and I think that'll be Carolina because I think clearly they have the best defense of the four. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton had a healthy offseason, which was not the case last year. I know they've lost Kelvin Benjamin, but they did pick, uh, draft Devin Funches. Um, their offensive line should be a little better this year. Michael Ward can hold down the fort at left tackle. The Saints worry me greatly defensively. And uh, you talk about Drew Brees. I think he turned over the ball 31 times last year. Drew Brees had 20 of the 31 turnovers. Yes. So he needs to be a little more careful with the football. But I think they're going to be a more careful offense. It'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers they put up. I see a lot more of Mark Ingram this year. And obviously, um, you know, maybe a little less of the tight end, although Benjamin Watson is a seasoned veteran. Brandon Cooks keep an eye on. But they've made a lot of changes on that team and, and, and in trading and and hopefully the defense can come together. Atlanta looks like a much more physical team under Dan Quinn. There's no question about that. And maybe that pays off for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they push Carolina more than New Orleans does. And then Tampa Bay, young offensive line, young quarterback, uh, still have some defensive issues. Uh, Two-win team last year. Um, even with an improved year, you know, you probably only look at maybe at six or seven wins, and that's being improved. Remember, they were a team last year. I think, uh, you know, they were the only team in the league last year to go winless in the division, and they also went winless at home. Yeah, that, 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 that is never good. You mentioned the Panthers were surprised. Obviously, they have the best of a defense of the division, but um, I would have been still going for the Atlanta Falcons over them. So you think the Carolina Panthers yet again? I think Atlanta pushes them harder than people think because I think defensively they will be better with some of the guys they picked up. Um, keep an eye on Vic Beasley, the, 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 the young guy. Uh, from Clemson as a pass rusher, both at defensive end and outside linebacker. The NFC North last up, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Detroit Lions, and Chicago Bears. It's going to be a good a good uh, challenge this year for the Packers to try and regain that division title, obviously with Jordy Nelson getting his injury. Aaron Rodgers looks to be back to 100% fitness. We've seen him limping about for quite a chunk of the season last year with that calf injury. Minnesota Vikings have Adrian Peterson back. They also have Teddy Bridgewater going into his second year, a quarterback who I think is the, the best out of rookie bunch from last season heading into this year. Obviously, Calvin Johnson missed a lot of the season last year, too, for the Lions, and uh, Golden Tate put up big numbers in that. Is Jake Bell healthy? Can Amir Abdullah carry the load for them? And, of course, can Matthew Stafford? He did take care of the ball a lot better last season. Can they do it this season? How does Endomic and Sue affect them? And then the Bears have had a tough offseason. New coach coming in, new coordinator, and now it looks like their first-round pick, Kevin White, is going to be out for the season. Alshon Jeffries having a, a little bit of health issues as well. So we're going to see how the teams all line up. There's a lot of question marks in this division with injuries and changing positions and people coming back and people missing. So overall, uh, how do you think the NFC North shapes up? Well, I think it's tough to expect any three of the teams to challenge the Packers. How's this for an odd number? The Packers have won the division four years in a row. Yeah. The last time they didn't win the division, they won the Super Bowl as a wildcard team. That's a straight, a straight um, Pretty loaded. I know, I know Jordy Nelson is gone, but they just brought back James Jones, guy familiar with the system. They still have Randall Cobb. They still have Eddie Lacy. They still have Devontae Adams, the offensive line coming together. Defense was a big question mark last year, especially against the run. They get battle-tested early, and they play the Chicago Bears in Chicago, who they kind of owned. But then they come back and host the Seattle Seahawks in an NFC title game rematch, and the team they didn't fare well against last year twice in Seattle. So that's a real acid test for them. The Vikings, I think, will be one of the most improved teams in the league, could push for a playoff berth. Um, Adrian Cedarson, I think, is well-rested. Only 300 carries the last two years combined. Obviously, only played one game last year. I think Mike Zimmer is a terrific head coach. Chicago may be in the right direction here defensively with John Fox 
and Vic Fangio. They're going to a three-four defense, which you know is unheard of in in Chicago. And the Detroit Lions, I think, take a step backwards because they lost more than just Indomitian Sue on the defensive line. Yeah, they lost C.J. Mosley. They lost Mike Fairley. They lost George Johnson. They lost Andre Fluellen. They lost a lot of guys. Much like the Patriots lost a lot of cornerbacks, they lost a lot of defensive linemen. That team was based on defense last year and some fourth-quarter heroics by Matthew Stafford. Um, if the defense can't keep them in games, um, that's going to be interesting. Their offensive line also makes uh, their offensive line also needs to perform a heck of a lot better than it did last year. And remember, when Reggie Bush hurt last year, they really, really struggled to run the football. Uh, they were running 28th in the league last year. People excited about Joy Bell, but more excited about Amir Abdullah, their rookie running yeah. back. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting division. I think the Vikings probably come second, possibly get a wild card. I think the Packers win it. Would you see it in a similar vein as that? Well, I think it's the Packers, and I think Minnesota maybe pushes for um, a wild card. I wouldn't be surprised if they get beat out. I, you know, I'm looking at Philly and Atlanta as possible yeah. uh, wild card teams. Um, so I mean, I think I think the Vikings are headed in the right direction. One thing that is not good for them last year: five of their nine losses were within the division. They got to play better against their divisional foes. Yeah, you mentioned their Philly could be a wild card team. We've gone through our divisional winners overall. Who do you think is going to be the NFC representative uh, in the Super Bowl uh, in, in San Francisco? Uh, I think it's going to be the Green Bay Packers, and uh, not only will they be the the NFC representative, I think they'll be the NFL champions when they beat the Baltimore Ravens in Super Bowl 50. Yeah, well, I actually predicted the Baltimore Ravens in our AFC, and I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, so uh, I hope that you're correct on that one, and I'm going to go with the Packers as well. A hometown decision, but I think this is the season where they get over the the Seahawks. Finally, Russell, just as a finish up, uh, you're on Twitter at BaxFootballGuru. Your website is ProFootballGuru.com, and you can really be found everywhere. You're in the Bleacher Report, uh, among with many, many other places. Is there anything you want to just give a quick plug to the listeners just before we finish up? Sure. Uh, I, I think you said it all. You can find me on Facebook, uh, ProFootballGuru. You can find me on Instagram, ProFootballGuru, Tumblr. Um, we also, you can also find a lot of my work on NFL Spin Zone, which is now part of the, uh, the fan sided and Time Inc. family. So, um, all those publications keeping me busy, those sites keeping me busy as well, and I appreciate you having me on per usual. No problem, it's always fun to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we'll get you on during the season. Thanks as always. You got it. You're listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Once again, thanks to Russell for coming on the show. You can find him on Twitter. It's at Bax, that's B-A-X, Football Guru, and uh, always worth a follow there. He's great with stats, as you can hear there, with the information he provided. It, uh, it's always a lot of fun to talk football with him. And again, thanks to him for coming on the show. Just before we get into the NFL news of the last few days, a couple of little bits and pieces to talk through. Just want to give another quick reminder for the OTI Fantasy Fives in association with FanFeud.co.uk. Starts this Thursday night, as I mentioned earlier in the show, and uh, you can play for free or you can play for £3.00. The winner takes the the prize pool that is left over. So you can play just to have a little bit of fun. If it's somebody who plays for free that comes out on top, whoever is the the next highest scoring uh, paid-in member will win that prize. And hopefully we'll get a good turnout to enter it this Thursday night. And, of course, that NFL game between the Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers opening the season should be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of eyes on it. Uh, I can guarantee you that there'll be a lot of people staying up late into the night here in, in Ireland and the UK. And of course, people in the the US watching it, uh, you know, more at a reasonable time, maybe 7 p.m. Eastern for them. But it's going to be it's going to be a late night here in uh, Ireland. And I know DJ's staying up late. I know I'm going to stay up to watch it with him. So looking forward to it. That's OTI Fantasy Fives with FanFeud.co.uk. 
Also fun there when we were talking with Russ uh, to to hear him saying about he thinks the Packers are going to be the, the Super Bowl champs this year. So uh, I, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, a lot of people I thought would have kind of maybe a little bit of rain on their parade after the Jordy Nelson injury, then Cobb uh, picking up the injury. Hopefully he's going to be okay. But a lot of people I thought would have went off their their previous pick of the Packers to win the Super Bowl, but doesn't seem to be the case. And uh, they have signed James Jones when we're talking about NFL news. Uh, James Jones released by the New York Giants in the final cut down to 53-man rosters on Saturday, and he is signed with the Green Bay Packers. He has had a lot of previous history with the Packers, of course, and uh, had a number of very good seasons. I think it was 67 passes he caught last year as well for the Oakland Raiders. So still has been catching passes, got a, got a little bit of money in free agency last year, got cut by the Raiders, uh, went to the Giants, now back with the Packers, and uh, looks like he'll probably take over there as the third wide receiver for the Packers, a role that he did for quite a number of years up until that move to the Oakland Raiders so it'll be interesting to see how he goes in there he's obviously going to know the playbook he has a familiarity with Aaron Rodgers Rodgers will trust him you know them younger receivers have to to build that trust as well with Aaron Rodgers so it's going to be an interesting start to the season and um, you know a lot of people asking on Twitter is he worth picking up in fantasy football anyone playing with Aaron Rodgers is worth picking up but just uh, you know you hear running backs by committee maybe we'll have a little bit of a wide receiver by committee with you know the likes of Ty Montgomery Jeff Janice and of course now James Jones in there as well Devontae Adams looks to be the number two and then Randall Cobb is the number one so it's going to be a, a very very interesting start in a couple of games to see how the Packers wide receiver course shakes out hopefully for me it'll be shaking out with a lot of success so Matt Castle is also back with the team that he used to play for, and the team that he used to play for is the Buffalo Bills. He did, of course, get released in the final cutdowns on Saturdays back with the team. Contract details have not been disclosed yet, but uh, I'm assuming that he took a pay cut to go back to Buffalo after his original cut. It's an interesting move. You, you often see it with kind of a rookie player or a young player gets released and comes back in the practice squad, but obviously Matt Castle isn't eligible for the practice squad, and he's going to be with the team, him and EJ Manuel now down to third string behind Tyrod Taylor. So an interesting move there, and uh, uh, one I'm sure that uh, that EJ Manuel wasn't looking to see happen. A lot of talk over the last few days of Seahawks Cam Chancellor. There's been a bit of trade interest uh, from the New York Giants, among other teams. Uh, Coach Pete Carroll was talking about it over the last few days, and he was saying that uh, they're not really interested in fielding any offers. And of course, that's exactly what you'd expect them to say. But you know, at this stage, um, really, I think today's the deadline. Tuesday, they're starting really to implement their game plan this week for Sunday's game. And you know, if he's not there today, the uh, as of recording, he isn't at at the training facility. It's going to be uh, very unlikely he plays this week in week one. And then you get into the situation of how many games is he going to miss? So he still has, I think, it's uh, three years left on his current contract. So a long way to go if he's going to be sitting out and I think uh, there is a possibility that if uh, serious trade negotiations or serious offers were to come in that it could be considered one of the best players at his position in the NFL um, definitely think a lot of teams will be interested in him should he become available but I think the the Seahawks might try and get something done here but of course they have put that money into Russell Wilson they've paid players like Richard Sherman over the recent months they've paid uh, Marshawn Lynch as well giving him a little bit of a sweeter deal so it's uh, it's very very uh, interesting to see how this year all unfolds uh, in the coming few days and obviously the weeks ahead good news for the texans of course they're on hard knocks this year looks like uh arian foster could return sooner than later obviously and uh, looking now like it could possibly be week three it's kind of been rumored between week three and week six and uh you know maybe that three four range but it's it's positive news for him because a lot of people thought he would miss the the first eight games of the season if he had to go on ir designated to return so good news there for houston texans fans and uh, arian foster should be back on the field shortly jpp for the new york giants i mentioned them possibly looking at uh, cam chancellor 
there is talk uh, he has been back with the the Giants he's going to have a medical with them he under undergone a physical and uh, obviously they have to work out a contract now because he had that franchise tender he didn't sign it he had the issue on July 4th of the firework lost one of his fingers and now he's trying to get back but he's going to have to play with uh, you know a cast on his hand for the, the foreseeable future anyway so it's going to be interesting to see when he's able to play he says he's going to be able to play in the near future but it, it could be you know week seven week eight before he's able to play and then even at that with the the cast on how effective will he be um new york giants fans will be very very interested to find out obviously i mentioned i would talk about the game coming up this week for the oti fantasy fives of course in association with fanfeed.co.uk um, the the big thing here for the Pittsburgh Steelers, we, the defense is uh, not their strongest point this season, and they are missing players like Martavius Bryant, Le'Veon Bell for this one. Of course, Pouncey is out for. Uh, I think he's on that IR designated return at the moment, so out for the foreseeable future anyway. But the player they really need to stop is going to be Rob Gronkowski. The Patriots have their own issues. Obviously, Branton LaFell was placed on the the PUP list. He's going to miss. The, the start of the season. Danny Amendola, the forgotten man, up until kind of week maybe 14, 15 last year, put in a nice run down the stretch. Will he be more involved? Julian Edelman has missed some time this offseason, but he's expected to be back. But Gronkowski is the man they need to stop. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski, we all know what he can do, how devastating he is over the middle of the field. Very good blocker as well at the tight end position. But the Patriots um, are going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they start a running back because Legarrette Blunt is suspended. Jonas Gray was uh, released over the weekend. So, We'll see what happens there, but looking at players that I, I'd be looking at starting, there's not a lot of options on the, the Pittsburgh Steelers sideline, but you know the running back there is D'Angelo Williams. I don't expect a lot from him this coming week, but if the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to put up any fight in this game, I'd be looking at Ben Roethlisberger possibly as a starting quarterback in that OTA Fantasy Fives game. You also have uh, Tom Brady, who uh, that suspension overturned obviously for Brady, and he's going to come out like a house on fire to try and put up as many uh, points as he can. I know that's Obviously not the way people play in the NFL, but I think he's going to be pretty ticked off. I think Belichick's going to be pretty ticked off, and I think they're going to try and uh, put up a statement for the the rest of the NFL to see this week. So I I would be tempted to go with... uh Big Ben, but just in this situation with what's going on with the, what's going on with Tom Brady over the last few weeks and months, I'm going to say that you should be starting uh, Tom Brady this week in the OTI Fantasy Fives game. You're looking at wide receivers, then I would go Antonio Brown has to be one. If you're looking at a tight end, you're going to be going Rob Gronkowski. A lot of people are going to be looking to see. There's no limit on positions in this game, so you just pick your five. And if you're looking for a deep player that I mentioned there a minute ago, that I like him as a player, but he's had a lot of injury issues and he's uh, sometimes the forgotten man. Uh, particularly by New England Patriots fans. I think that's Danny Amendola. If you're looking for somebody who will quietly have a nice game this week, I'd be picking up somebody like him in the game. You want to try and pick some guys too that not everyone's going to have so you can have that little bit of extra points in the bag and uh, hopefully win the game, of course. Sign up now at fanfeud.co.uk for that game and uh, it's three-pound enter. We'll be playing. Try and beat me. Can you finish ahead of me? Maybe we'll uh, put out some tweets this week and maybe whoever finishes higher than me. But unfortunately, then, if it's 100 people, I can't give away 100 OTI t-shirts. But we'll see what we can do. We'll have a little bit of a competition that way too, maybe. But definitely get involved in that. That really wraps up the show for today. Again, thanks to Russell Baxter for coming on. Um, I, re- I really enjoyed today's show, looking through the NFC. I enjoyed it more when the Packers were picked as the Super Bowl champions. Can't say I didn't enjoy that part of it. But uh, 
Until I'm back, I'm going to be back Friday previewing all the games this Sunday. We'll have a guest on the show who it is. At the moment, it is unconfirmed, but we will have somebody on to preview all the games. Maybe DJ will make an appearance if the Patriots get a successful result this Thursday night. It'll be fun uh, to see, and we'll talk about who won the OTI Fantasy Fives as well. So do check all that out, of course. Stay tuned to the Ad Overtime Ireland Twitter feed. Give us a written a comment on iTunes Stitcher. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. Get it each and every show when it comes out. We're back to the two shows a week schedule. Almost forgot as well, I've had a crazy busy week trying to get organized to head to australia i'm heading to australia next friday a lot of people down on there getting in touch and uh, seeing when i'm going over so hopefully i'll be able to meet up for maybe uh week three of the season's probably the, by the time i get my feet on the ground get everything started under me uh looking forward to that meeting up with some guys for that and uh, of course until i'm back on friday show probably more details about my crazy week trying to plan everything and of course the nfl season starting uh, that is all for the show i'm colin kelly as always have a good one Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.